When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Off The Bench for Kubota diesel generators, the serious backup power and first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. Uh, welcome to the program, another big edition of Off The Bench where we look back on what was a stunning night at Suncorp Stadium, Origin 2018. We can put that one to bed. New South Wales win the series, Queensland win back a little pride and we farewelled Billy Slater off into the retirement sunset uh, and retirement off on a good note too if you're a Queensland fan as uh, they won that game in what was a real beauty. Scotty Sattler joins me. We're going to Cover it from all angles shortly, Sats. And, of course, shortly going to sink our teeth into tonight's big game between the Knights and the Eels. It's not a big game in the context of the season, but for these two clubs, desperately needing a win. Uh, welcome to you. And, yeah, a couple of, couple of days, a couple of nights after the events of Wednesday, um, it was one of the all-time great games, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, Benny. Um, I didn't think we could get much better than Origin 2. I thought that had everything. You had a Queensland side that came out and dominated the opening stanza of the game. And then New South Wales fought back resiliently like they have, mm. like they did in the first game. And and just it showed what what mental toughness that uh, Brad Fittler has instilled amongst this playing group. And it all comes through his his selections. He and his his co-coaches and also the, yeah. um, the selection panel, they selected the correct players that could handle adversity in key, key areas of the game. But... Game three just went to another level. And oh, the, the, the through the whole series it, just improved by each game. Didn't it did. They? It's like they warmed into yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the final, yeah, you know, the final setting, which was game through at Suncorp, which always provides. And we spoke about, and everyone speaks about it leading into the Suncorp game. Is that it always provides a quicker spectacle, yep. just because of the ground that you're playing on, the atmosphere, but also the surface. It mm. allows you. It's conducive to playing really quick rugby league and. We we possibly saw one of the quickest games we've ever seen. Not a lot of penalties given, which means the ball plays and stays in action. Yeah, no kicks that actually went over the touch line, like deliberately kicked into touch mm. to slow the game down. At times when you think New South Wales needed to slow the game down with Maloney being off the field, and there was a lot of kicks that went over the dead ball line, which meant there was a seven tackle restart. So that says to us it was one of the quickest games we've probably seen in history. All right. Well, I'm going to pick your brains on some of the big talking points. There was some controversy out of it as well when we uh, talk about the Wally Lewis medal. That's coming up shortly. We'll have a great debate. Uh, I think that will actually make up a big part of our great debate. And we'll find out who Sats has nominated for this week's Makita Power Player. He may have snuck in two nominations. We'll reveal all shortly. Right now, let's kick off with our lead. The lead for Kubota's mighty M71. Massive pulling power. Yeah, Kubota's BX Series. It's the all-rounder that's up for just about anything. And naturally, our lead has to be Origin 3 at Suncorp Stadium. Queensland 18, defeating New South Wales 12. It was New South Wales who led at halftime, incredibly. And I'll get you to explain just how they managed to pull that off for us shortly, Sats. But it was the farewell for Billy Slater, the final game. He led the side out. It had action. It had moments where you were just left scratching your head. And it had um, 
it had the crowd on the edge of its seat. 51,214 at Suncorp. And as you've just described, it's uh, one of the quickest and arguably one of the best matches we've seen in the last five, six years of Origin. Yeah, I have to agree. What we've loved about this Origin series, I think, and as a Queensland fan, I'm actually, I'm actually proud to sit back and say that Origin is probably going to be healthier mm. moving forward. I mean, it's always a great spectacle. It always, it always conjures up that that passion amongst the fans whenever it comes around. But I'm proud that Origin is going to go to another level now that New South Wales has, has won this series. It, did it feel like, uh, and and this will be one we'll probably revisit in five six years time perhaps, but Billy is the last remnant of Origin then, and now it's very much Origin now with a lot of Queensland so retirements. Clean so thirteen was it? Thirteen yeah, debutants for New, for South, New South, Wales. South Wales, a couple for Queensland as well. That. This was the starting of the new guard. It is. It's much like going back to 1980 when everyone's just starting from a greenfield yeah, site yeah. and starting, yep. let's create the next. And it, we have seen a change over the last few years, Benny, when it comes to, I suppose, marketing the game from the coaches and the playing groups. Yeah. Usually we see playing groups and coaches just throw hand grenades at yeah. each other from 10 <laughs> paces. Yeah. And now it's quite subtle. Very civil. The, yeah, It is. You know, last night I heard Kevy Walters on... On one of the Fox Sports shows saying, hey, just while i got the opportunity, I want to send a shout-out and congratulations to Freddie Fittler. Yep. That never happened in the past. <laughs> and we did see a barb thrown on the, the night before Game yeah. 3 where Freddie Fittler said Cameron Smith stepped down because he could see the writing on the wall, more or less. That did spark a little bit of controversy, and I think it's what we needed. I think it's what mm. Game 3 needed because we knew that it wasn't going to sell out. And it just needed that little tip over the edge to get Queensland fans to go, hang on a sec, no. It's one in, all in. And that's the way it was. There was tremendous scenes at Suncorp Stadium on Wednesday nights, as it always is. Yeah. Interesting listening to Billy Slater talk about what his last message to his teammates were in that circle. He said, I know we've lost the series, but when we run out here tonight, there's going to be 50-odd thousand people that are going to remind you why, why you need to be wearing that jersey. Mm. And that's exactly what happened on Wednesday night with the, with the actual atmosphere and the and the noise of that crowd. It was incredible. And Queensland started accordingly to that. Uh, Valentine Holmes going across for a big intercept try, ran almost the length of the field. It's and then second for the series. It was. Yeah. From that moment on, you're just still waiting for the floodgates to open because New South Wales pegged back on their own goal line. They were going nowhere. Uh, I think they had to make 87 more tackles than Queensland in that first half. They had 30% of possession, five penalties to one against. Yet... Scott Sattler, and can you please try and tell our listeners how this was possible? They went into the sheds leading 12 points to eight. It was simply... St- oh, by the way, they played the last 10 minutes a man down when James yeah. Maloney was simping. Yeah, simply amazing. Mm. Um, again, it's the mindset that Freddie Fittler had had instilled with, amongst his playing group. It was all about one more set. You could hear it on the audio on the TV when you watch the replay. You could hear the New South Wales players saying, just one more set. That's all it is. Just yeah. one more set. So... You try not to get too overawed when you've got your heels on the trial line for most of the game, and like New South Wales did, it was concerning for Queensland that they weren't converting into points, but it is the best defensive effort I've ever seen from a side yeah. for that length yeah. of time. But not only to defend like they did and to go down to 12 men, what's equally impressive, and it's what happens a lot of the time, you, you garnish so much confidence out of defending your line for back-to-back sets. There's only one thing that's sits alongside scoring a try, and that's defending three or four sets on your try line. You actually get a lot of confidence out of it, Benny. Mm. And so what I was alluding to was not to only def- defend your line for so long, 
But to then march upfield and score two tries yep. and go into halftime at 12 8, simply amazing. Uh, watching the body language of both the sides when they were leaving the field. The, the biggest test for Brad Fittler at halftime would be, and Laurie Daly commented about this on our NRL, NRL Nation coverage when we called the game on Wednesday night. The biggest, biggest, the toughest job for Brad Fittler was to keep them down, mm. bring them back down and say, hey, listen, you're going to be full of adrenaline at the moment. We just need to calm down a little bit and get, get our heads back into the game. Would have been hard to really juggle it and control it. For Kevy Walters and the opposite dressing shed, it would be about. We just had so much possession, and we only came up with one try. Yeah. What message do I send to my players? Which is why I want to ask you about the performance of Daly Cherry Evans, because you're right, at that halftime break, I'm sure there were a few doubts creeping in for him. He was basically put in charge of leading this side around the park on Wednesday night, and as you said, with all of that ball, all of that possession and domination to only score the one try, there were question marks as to whether, again, he was going to come up a little bit short. But his second half in particular, he scored a try of his own, uh, was a, a crucial role in, in the other that Queensland scored. First question is, has he done enough to cement his spot for game one, or is that just far too far away to discuss right now? And secondly, how happy were you for him, being the whipping boy that he has been over recent series, uh, sort of the forgotten man, brought in, dead rubber, call it what you will, but he showed how much it meant to him when he crossed that try line. He, he bleeds Marone, just in case anyone was unaware. Yeah, to answer your first question, um, yes, I think he has cemented his spot. Barring injury, of course. He could be out of form next year, and I think yeah. he'd still get the jersey because based on history, that's the way that Kevy has picked his last two Origin Game 1 sides. Yeah. It has been about they did the job for us in the corresponding game last year or the third game of the series to win a series in the last two years so that you would think leading in with momentum that he will be the number seven jersey. To answer your second question, so proud that good things happen to good people. Yep. And he is a good man. Daly Cherubins, I don't care what, and anyone can sit in front of me and debate as much as they like, um, and they're not going to convince me, but I am convinced that, uh, and I know for a fact, he is a respectful young man, he works hard at his game, his biggest problem is, and I spoke to you about this during the week, Benny, I was with Matty Rogers on the night of the game, before the game I was interviewing him, and he he used the same example with Daly Cherry Evans as what he did with Matt Burke, the great Wallaby fullback. He said mm-hmm. when he was at the Waratahs, he cast this massive shadow just because of his aura. Oh, at one time the best player in the world he, he was. For he didn't a mean to years. do it. Yeah. He wasn't intimidating and he didn't try and manipulate anyone. It was just his How he was the shadow. Yep. And he said it was really hard for a lot of the players to get out of that shadow and play themselves. Daly Cherubin's much the same. Mm. He sat in the shadow of Smith, Cronk, Slater, JT for so long. Now that Smith and Cronk and JT have gone, it allowed him just to be his own man, own the team, and not be overawed by those others that were always going to over overcall him. So, so so glad that he put on the performance that he did for NRL Nation. He was our player of the match, not because it was a sentimental reason. Yeah, it's just because he was the best player in the field. And his first half effort, although he didn't score any points or create any points. It was it was like death by a thousand cuts. He kept what he going was doing, back to the well. Yep. He yep. just kept slowly just nicking the New South Wales side because he knew that in the back end of the game, mm. all the work they had put on them in the first half will finally come back to benefit Queensland. Hey, let's talk about the Blues because to the victors go the spoils. A two-one series win, their first in three yep. years, four yeah, years, two thousand fourteen. Fourteen. Uh, and you talk about good guys. Well, they were full of them. We knew that Freddie Fittler, whatever happened, was going to be a breath of fresh air. He, he thinks outside the box. Different cat, I think, is the way you described him, Sats. It's a, it is a term of affection. 
just the fact that Channel Nine were allowed access to him while the game was unfolding late in the it. first half. Yeah, it's it's something really fun for the viewers. I enjoyed it watching uh, from from a pub, even uh, in the Brisbane CBD while the game was unfolding. You could just everyone just stop what they were doing because they wanted to hear what Freddie had to say. But you talk about this side and the thing about it, he would have and just to hold your train of thought there, Benny. People are saying, oh, he only did it because it was game three and it was what they class as a dead rubber. Freddie would have done that in yeah. game one or game two. And Kev probably would have as well, Kevin Walters. He just knows yeah. how important the, game's bigger the game than is yep. to the fan. Well, 13 uh, debutants. It could have been. And, and I think maybe you talk about this new era in origin. I think we can also, maybe on the back of what New South Wales have done in this series, put to bed the old adage that, no, well, you can't really make it in origin or be comfortable in origin until you've got five or six years under your belt playing club football. Maybe that was the case in the 80s and the 90s where it was rough and tumble and there were blokes just out there to maim each other. The game's changed. Origin has changed. And I think that if you're good enough, it doesn't matter what your birth certificate says. I don't think the game has changed. Well, the game has changed because of, obviously, the laws. Yeah. But the athlete has changed. Yeah. And not so much the athlete, people or the millennials Mm. that are just in everyday life now, socially, have changed also. They're a lot more confident. They're a lot more brash. Um, These kids are getting media training a week after they arrive at their clubs. Well, so so the, the, the focus and the spotlight of Origin doesn't burn as bright as it may have back in, in sort of your younger days. Well, you know, in your normal workplace, and we, we there'd be listeners right now that would have people in their workplace or people that they know, millennials, these the current crop of... Know everything and got everything. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah, you you yeah. can't tell them any different. <laughs> and in sporting circles, it's actually, it's a good thing. In everyday life, it's probably not a good thing, not a great yeah. thing. But in sport, it's not a bad thing that you can you can ask a, a player like Nathan Cleary at 20 years of age to come up and play State of Origin and handle the rigours of State of Origin the way that he has. But he does because there's so much confidence, yeah. so much more confidence about what they do in this day and age. So, you know, 13 debutants and the way they handled it was yeah. just – and Jai Arrow for, for Queensland as well. But the game previously – as a an experienced forward, you could have you could have taken those young players out mm. physically because the laws weren't really there to protect them in the eighties and the nineties. That you probably mightn't see them for a few yeah. more years in Origin. Yep. Now that the game is protecting the player, mm. it then allows these younger players to have a lot more confidence about what they do. Can I ask you about one of the few Blues that wasn't a debutant? He was their skipper, Boyd Cordner, and just what an amazing series he had because on the eve of it. His place in the side, not only his captaincy, but his place in the side was brought into question by some some pretty prominent media figures. Not only did he lead the side out, arguably best of field in game two, had his injury concerns throughout that period, and then gets to lift the shield at Suncorp Stadium. He's a nice guy. He's a great guy. You don't hear a bad word about Boyd Cordner, and that's maybe why he sometimes gets lost in the limelight. But what a great series from Boyd. I was talking to Laurie Daly when we were calling the game, and then after the game, I said, yeah, what's he like? He says the ultimate professional. Yeah. He said he he is so selfless in everything mm. that he does. He works hard on his game, and and it's why Laurie Daly wanted him a skipper as well. Yeah, um, because of those attributes. But also with what Gus Gould said to him leading into Origin selection, when he said I wouldn't pick him, he's one dimensional. And a lot of people have thought that, yeah, Freddie Fittler, who was who was always used Gus Gould as a second father the figure of a really yep. yeah, real high mentor of his. Has Freddie put Gus up to that? I don't think he has. I think that was Gus's true indication and, and his opinion of what 
what Boyd Corden was as a player. Because yeah. at times I thought it got personal about his attributes in a game, which I thought were wrong. And it was great to see Boyd go out there and just play. He didn't try and reinvent himself. He didn't feel as though that he had to reinvent himself to appease someone like Gus Gould. He went out there and played his game and was yeah. was a smidge away from being the Wally Lewis medal, if not if not probably the Wally Lewis medal um, winner of, of the series. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that medal and the controversy surrounding its uh, awarding to Billy Slater. Uh, nothing against Billy, of course, but just how that process all unfolded. That's coming up a little later on in the program. There was one moment that caught your eye in particular in, in a game and in a series that was full of big, massive moments. Valentine Holmes, we spoke about his try in the first half where he intercepted and ran the length of the field, but... A moment in the second half that uh, it, it'll live long in the highlights reel when we look back on 2018. Of course, a losing series for Queensland, but just his athleticism and, uh, of course, his instinct on show when he took that uh, that amazing catch. And it was like a gully catch in the cricket. Uh, sort of summed up just how exciting that game was from, from start to finish. Just had everything. Had everything. You know, it took us to so many varying forms of emotion throughout mm. the game. Um at the end of the game, I was I was speechless. I didn't have anything left. Hmm. I was exhausted. Imagine I how was, the players felt. <laughs> I was frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Laurie Daly being the ex-New uh, South Wales coach, yeah. he actually said on the call, he said, I'm really frustrated and agitated watching Queensland trying to score points. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was, and that's what we want from our sporting events. We want us Absolutely. to take us to all scopes of, of our emotions. And that had everything. And the way that Valentine Holmes took that, that gully catch, and it was a play that he had to make, and yeah. make, and it was a risky play by James Maloney. Probably a play he, he had to make, but for Valentine Holmes to do what he did athletically, just an amazing series. But just to cap it off yeah. with probably not the two intercepts that he took, not the two tries he scored in game three, but that one moment mm. was probably. Um, captured how great he was throughout that series. It left me frustrated, Sats. Frustrated that we can't have a Game 4 and a Game 5 because you sort of didn't want that series to win. But it had to. There had to be a winner. It was New South Wales 2-1, Queensland on the night 18-12. to And boy, I tell you what it does do. It just uh, has our mouth watering for Game 1 of 2019, which will be at Suncorp Stadium. But uh, the build-up to that, I know it's a long way off, but it's going to be something special. All things origin for first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. And that's our lead for Kubota's mighty M71. It has massive pulling power. We'll take a quick break here on Off the Bench. Plenty of shows still to come up next. We're going to get stuck into our Friday night preview. The Knights and the Eels meet as round 18 gets underway. All that and more on Off the Bench. Off the Bench for Kubota diesel generators and first choice liquor. This is Off the Bench for first choice liquor and Kubota. For serious backup power. Yeah, Kubota indeed. Uh, welcome back to Off the Bench. They've got the diesel generators providing reliable, constant backup power that you need when you need it most. And first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. Benny Jones, Scotty Sattley here with you. Great to have your company. Let's get a Friday night preview happening for 7-Eleven. Let's get an NRL update for 7-Eleven. Tackle your lunchtime hunger at 7-Eleven. Good call. Yeah, tomorrow when lunchtime rolls around, you can do that. Uh, tuck into one of their delicious deli sandwiches, but then once you're uh, finished with that, why not reward yourself with a Krispy Kreme Hershey's Cookie and Cream Donut. Now available at 7-Eleven. Good call. Friday night preview, round 18 for 7-Eleven sats. Uh, let's take a look at the Newcastle Knights, the Parramatta Eels, two sides that 
aren't going to be contending come finals time. I think we've run a line through the Knights. They would need some sort of minor miracle, but they're probably too far gone. I want to ask you off the top, with that in mind, does the game plan as a player, as a coach, does it does it just get thrown out the window a little bit once finals are out of reach? Do you try and experiment, look towards 2019, or is that too simplistic of you? You stick to what you know. You can't do it as a player um, because you are what you, you are, are as a player, yeah, and, yeah. and you've got your own individual game plans and your roles that you've got to try and commit to. Um, but as a coach and a coaching staff, you can. You can start to experiment a little bit, Benny, I believe. Um, probably not with eight games to go. Probably with maybe three or four it's games to go. Season, yeah, you yeah, can sure. start to start to play with a few areas of the game. You, didn't, you never contradict your philosophies. But as you said, you can experiment with a few things. You can blood players. Yep. Players are probably a little bit earlier than what you might have expecting them to probably play in 2019, maybe give them two or three games Some leading into, the, things, into yeah. the preseason. Yep. It just yep. gives them really good momentum leading into the pre- preseason. And you can you can start to switch positions as well. But, yeah, you can experiment with your game plan. If you've, if you've always played a game plan, that's it's all about it's all about that physicality through the middle and just playing through the forwards and, and not using a lot of, lot of early passing in your game. You can start implementing that into your game plans if, mm. if you're not going to play finals because if you've always been thinking about it but you don't want to you don't want to test it or you don't want to try and um, you don't want to try and mess with any sort of game plan leading through those first parts of the, the half of the season when you're in finals contention this gives you the opportunity a little bit of confidence also to to um, also not only experiment with the game plan but start opening up to start opening up to your players about different ways that you can yep. play the game as well. So as a coach, it's risky, but you can do it. The two sides met not that long ago, round 13. Uh, this was a Parramatta home it was game. It, it was it? for the Eels. They lost 30-4, to four, uh, and we'll be keen to rectify that. This game at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle, of course. The Knights, I reckon, are probably where we thought, or the majority thought they would be. They, they jumped out of the block. So much enthusiasm, excitement around Caelan Ponga, of course, Mitchell Pearce coming. They've they've come back to the pack and no doubt the injuries to Pierce who returns happen, yeah. tonight uh, will be Griffin. great as well. So let's just park them to one side for a moment because I'd say they're about par for the course. Parramatta, on the other hand, wow! I mean, again, I, I hate to keep bringing it up, even though I kind of do enjoy it. You had them tipped preseason as your premiership favourites. Yep, they couldn't be any further from it. Two points behind the Cowboys and the Dogs, they're in last place on the table. On-field, off-field dramas, players leaving. I know Blake Ferguson's arriving in 2019. Is that going to be the quick-fix solution or part of it? But what do you make of the Eels? Because it's just been a, it's been a season from hell, really. There's been a disconnect on the field. I feel as though that there's... Um, you know, I think Mitch Moses, whoever he's played with in the halves, Corey Norman or Clint Gutherson, I don't think there's been a... I don't think there's been a true connection. Um and a true combination there that you well, want from not a continuity either, is it? There's not. No. There's not at all. It seems as though one wants to to be, be the big dog in the house, and yeah, okay. There's a there's a bit of fight of ego. Um, so I, I possibly would have thrown Mitchell Moses to fullback just to say, listen, get back there, look at the game from another angle. When you sit back at fullback, you actually get the best seat in the house to have a look at it from a defensive point of view, and also to have a look at where the possible weaknesses are in in the uh, in the opposition. So um, at the moment, I just think. It's not about on-field with Parramatta. It's more off-field. And we hear the word culture. I, I'm sort of getting sick of the word culture. Mm. You probably 
probably time we come up with another word it's, for carpet. It, it is an easy go to if there's something Let's use wrong. Fabric. Yeah, yeah. The fabric. <laughs> the fabric. Of the the Parramatta fabric. Yeah, yeah. Whatever's in their fabric at the moment is. Um, it's a bit it, stained. It's it a bit is weathered. Yep. Well, I, I think that. Uh, mm. Yeah, you know, I had been told reports that Brad Arthur is a tremendous coach. I know for a fact he's a tremendous guy, a really good communicator. And then I was told that he's always really hard on his players, and sometimes that can run dry after a period of time. After a couple of years, you really get sick of of someone barking the same orders up the same tree. But I've been, I've also been led to believe that it's not that he's hard on the players; is it's actually the polar opposite. Mm. That sometimes the lunatics have run the asylum okay. over the preseason, over training um, efforts in training, um, and not. And no real senior players that are willing to, to well, some of the senior players in that club are some of the main instigators mm. of taking of a few professionalism and yep. and um and taking shortcuts. Okay. And we know when that happy, happens, that's when your fabric starts to tear, and that's exactly what's happened with Parramatta. I believe that there is a disconnect. You there is no continuity, as you said. It's a really good word mm. to use when you talk about when you talk about Parramatta, or the lack of it. So, oh, they've got more concerns off the field than they have on the field because we know that they've got the talent. They've got to buy front rowers. They we, they have to do that. But um, Blake Ferguson isn't the answer. They're trying to replace Semi Radradra, and he's a good replacement. They need front rowers, and they need – every one of their asses need to be smacked in the off-season. <laughs> good old-fashioned smack. You know yeah. what? We're starting from yeah. scratch, and this is the way it's going to be. And anyone that doesn't want to play by these rules, there's there's the door right there. The Great Debate for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. That it is indeed. Kubota diesel generators. Reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it. Great debate this week, Sats. Uh, and the big controversy to come out of Wednesday night was the awarding of the Wally Lewis Medal for the player of the Origin Series to retiring hero Billy Slater. Does the voting procedure, which I'll get you to explain to us shortly, does it need an overhaul? Does it need more transparency so that we don't have social media blowing up deluxe like it did on uh, on Wednesday night after the uh, the final hooter? I do admit that when Billy Slater said his congratulatory speech to New South Wales... Like his farewell, really. It was just thanking everyone. Yeah, thank off, you very off, much. Off-stage off exit left. As he's about to walk off the stage and, and then you heard... Hang on a sec, don't go anywhere. Yeah. You're actually the Wally Lewis medal winner as well. I have to admit, I looked around and I was sitting with Laurie Daly, who's one of the judges, mm. I might add, as an Australian selector. I looked around and looked at him as if to say, what the? When they called him back, I genuinely believe they were going to present him with a, yeah. a framed jersey yep. or a trophy or a memento. And I think even Billy may have thought that. And once they draped the medal around his neck and Big Wall came over... Yeah, I think I think even he was a little bit miffed by it all. Yeah, um, it was all, it was an uncomfortable moment. It was, it was, and that's emotion taking over. Yeah. But then when you sit down and you break it down, and to answer your first question, yes, the process probably needs to be a little bit more streamlined. Mm. I think one of the eligibilities to win the Wally Laws Medal is you have to play all three games first should, and foremost. Should we know the votes after each game? Um, no, why, why not? No, I, I think. Why not? Well, I think we need to trust the people that are actually controlling the process. And yeah. to question people like Mel Meninga, Laurie Daly and Darren Lockyer, three people who um, have far more credentials than journalists, commentators and any fan, yeah. and their integrity has been questioned a little bit yeah. about their selection. And I'll never question their their credibility. And 
when we sit back and we take emotion out of it and we break down the process and the process alone, and the process alone is four, three, two, one. Mm. So four players will receive the fourth being the highest votes yep. for each game. Yeah, yeah. And so it's as, a maximum of 10 votes for every game. Exactly. And the, the highest any player across the series, if you are to play all three games, is 12. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So um, to for Wally Lewis, sorry, Mal Meninga and Laurie Daly come out yesterday yeah. and feel as though they had to explain themselves a little bit. I didn't think they did. Again, we can't question their, their credibility. But basically they're saying they don't collude throughout the game. Mm. But what they say is after the game, they all get together and they say, Roddy, this we all agree. Yep. This is who our four three two one was for the game. Yep. Let's add that to our previous games. Mm. Who was the winner? So based on that, Billy Slater, I believe, would have should have received at least three points for game two. He probably wasn't the best player in the field. And I, I agree that Boyd Cordner was the best player in the field in, in game two. But that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I, I believe Billy should have got three. And I think Billy should have at least got four or three in game three as well. So that's that's the process. And when you look at the process and you break it down, mm. I think they've probably made the right the right right decision. Look, take nothing away from Billy Slater. Amazing career and he signs off with the Wally Lewis medal in his final game as captain there of Queensland. Kubota Diesel Generators for serious backup power. We'll take a quick break uh, when we return. Makita Power Player. Sats is going to nominate one, possibly two of those on off the bench. Off the bench for Kubota Diesel Generators and First Choice Liquor. This is Off the Bench for First Choice Liquor and Kubota for serious backup power. Welcome back to Off the Bench. We are powered by Kubota. First Choice Liquor as well for all of your liquor needs. Benny Jones, Scotty Sattler with you. Time for Sats to reveal his Makita Power Player of the Week. The Makita Power Player for Makita's cordless power garden range. Yeah, it's a beauty. Uh, power garden tools that will power through the toughest of jobs. Makita, when power means business. You gave me a buzz this afternoon, Sats, and you said, Benny, I can't do it. I cannot split the two with my Makita power player. Can I have them both in? I am denied about it. It goes a little against the grain, but I'm going to allow it tonight. I don't need tonight. Your Makita power player times two. Players. Players. First one is Billy Slater, yep. of course. I think we need to continue celebrating not only what he's brought to Queensland, but of course to our listeners, what he's brought to State of Origin, the arena of State of Origin, when he first burst onto the scene in 2004 and scored that amazing chip and chase yeah. try off of yeah. Darren Lockyer. Iconic moment. It is, and it will live in the memories well after he's in a pine box as well. So uh, from what he what he's brought to Origin, we've got to remember he missed Origin for about three seasons, four seasons, whether it's due to injury or suspension. Carmichael Hunt also kept him out of the position there for a for a couple of years as well. So to be able to amass the amount of games he has, 31 games, two shoulder reconstructions in between that, miss other origins because of injury or suspension or just not selected due to Carmichael Hunt's um, form, means that he probably would have played closer to 40 yep. state of origin games. Um, so take my hat off to Billy Slater. Darren Lockyer only overnight has rated him the best origin player he's ever seen. Wow. So to be able to come out on the big arena and <laughs> be able to rap. Yeah, to be able to play in the best arena in rugby league, in world rugby league, and be able to be at your best every time. Um, yeah, is is it's quite an amazing thing to do for for um for an athlete. All right, we said power players, yep. plural. Who's the second? Freddie Fitler. Yeah. I, you know, Freddie's the same age as me. Um 
I remember playing schoolboys against Freddie. We got billeted together in 1989 for a an Australian schoolboys tour, and he was odd back then, <laughs> but a good odd. He was yeah, a really yeah, enjoyable yeah, odd yeah. to be around. He's yeah. different. He made you think. Yeah, he made you think, and he'd say things, and you'd sort of look at him through the corner of your eye, and you'd say, "What the?" But then you'd think, you know, that's a different way to look at things, and it's actually a refreshing way to look at life, and that's probably the the best way to explain his coaching. And the way that he's handled this this whole origin process, he's been refreshing. Yes, he's been odd. He's been enjoyable. He's been wise in his coaching as well. Very smart in his coaching. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Very specific in his coaching as well. You can see the way that New South Wales played. They had a, a really basic game plan, but they did it everything at speed. Mm. His selections, his, his openness as well. Yeah. And his ability to also challenge the players and invite the media into the, the mm. New South Wales camp and make them part of the process as well. And what he did also is he he brought the New South Wales team back to the people and, um, you know, thoroughly enjoyed watching him from a distance. Makita's cordless power garden range, when power means business. The driver's seat preview for Kubota skid steers. Power at your fingertips. Yeah, last week for Kubota's BX Series, the all-rounder that's up for just about anything. Touring Car Masters made its debut in Townsville last weekend, and the reason that it actually made it was due to one lady, and one lady only. She started a Facebook page. Big petition. It was a huge petition. Facebook in 2014 said, we want to race here. So eventually, in 2018, they uh, said, let's do it. So the crew caught up with Bernadette Cooper, who was responsible for starting the page, on how it all became a reality. For Kubota Construction Equipment, it delivers power and performance. Speak to your Kubota dealer. Let's take a listen. You, you got your page, Bernadette, but how did you then go from that? Did you have official discussions with supercars? Did you did they ring you up and say, hey, hey, hey? Or no. What, how no. did all that I, then go just, from the I page pushed, to reality? I pushed on the, I pushed on the page especially. And I started to approach some of the drivers. I went to Darwin and I spoke to the drivers individually at Darwin. They all said that they, they backed it, you know, that they all wanted to come. There was only one or two that were a bit iffy about it. I spoke to Tony Hunter that was, um, you know, like one of the heads of um, Turn Come yeah, well, at the time. He, yeah, he, he and, still owns um, TCM. And so I spoke to him and, um, and he said, just keep pushing. He said, you know, go to your government, go to your local government and, um, and just you know, keep talking to people and educating people about it. Talk to council and sort of, you know, one door closed there. And I, I just basically just kept pushing um, with the page. I wasn't really getting anywhere with speaking to any heads of anything. So last year at the Townsville 400, I was talking to a few people and we, and we were also discussing, because I, I always wear Touring Car Masters to the Townsville race, you know, <laughs> and fly the flag, basically, even though they're not there, but I, I always back it. And um, I just was talking to people and we said, you know, this is, it's got to happen. It's got to happen one day. And we're going on four years, you know, and it's, it's just got to happen. So I took this, I got this poster off Rita that runs the, um, the merchandise um, trailer at the Townsville 400. Yep. Uh, yeah, at all the events. Yeah, she does the tripping around. And I got this poster of her and her husband, Nigel. He wrote on the back of it, we want Touring Car Masters in Townsville 2018. So I took this poster and I started getting photos with people and we said we would use this on the page. And I went down Pitt Straight and uh, Pitt Lane, I mean, and um, 
just started getting in some of the camera shots and annoying a few people. Classic. <laughs> and then they started, you know, like, being, I started to be a pest, yeah. Because I thought, I've got to be heard somehow. This yeah, is yeah. the way that you've got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. To be heard. So um, I was walking into their camera shots and they kept on moving, you know, Scafy, you know, like looking over his shoulder like, who's this woman, you know? And then some of the officials came out onto the balcony from the corporate suite and I thought, oh, God, I've sparked something now. And they started taking photos and I was getting thumbs up, you know, and they've got supercars written on their shirts and everything. And I thought, oh, I've I've definitely um, sparked something here. And I never heard anything again, but... And then I got this message to the Facebook page to say that they're coming. And do you mind if we turn up on this date? So that's how it was announced. <laughs> Another big edition of the driver's seat this week. We've got the wash-up from Townsville. Plus, Michael Caruso joins us to talk about the massive crash that he had on Sunday that knocked him out of the race. Catch the guys Sunday on the driver's seat for Kubota's mighty M71 Massive Pulling Power. We'll be back with Sats tips for round 18 as we continue with Off the Bench. Off the Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators and First Choice Liquor. It's time for Scotty's Tips for Big Four Holiday Parks. Book your next great Australian break at bigfour.com.au. Yeah, the website's a ripper. Great holiday ideas for uh, couples, even if you're just doing it solo or you've got the family, you want to pack the kids and the pets in the car, book a great Aussie escape at bigfour.com.au forward slash great Aussie escapes. The longer the season goes, the worse my tips are getting. So good thing we've got Scotty Sattler on board here to help us out with a look at round 18. Some of my kid tipping comps, yes. I've just refused to tip anymore. You've just given up the ghost? That's it, No, you know? because... You get the away team. And you win every week. <laughs> yeah, there should be a rule. Win by there, should, there should be a law against that. Uh, let's go with... Uh, well, let's start with tonight, Friday. Uh, Knights, Knights Eels uh, in Newcastle. I'm going to take the Knights. Mm-hmm. I, I know I'm probably thinking, like a lot of us will be, probably thinking too much of Mitchell Pearce after a long layoff and expecting him to come in, come in and have a huge influence on the game. But he's a classy player, Mitchell Pearce. Yeah, yeah I expect, absolutely. I expect... Even though they've got no Kalen Pong and no Slade Griffin, some a lot of injuries, Newcastle, I just think having him back will just allow them to rise a little bit more. Okay, Saturday, three games, starting with the Dogs and the Rabbitohs. Big ass for uh, poor old Canterbury. Yeah, I think the Rabbits. Um, yeah. Interesting to see whether Damien Cook will play, uh, even if he doesn't. Robbie Farrow, oh, Robbie Farrow's now gone to the Tigers. But um, even if he doesn't play, they've just got really good momentum, mm. the Rabbits at the moment. So, yeah, the Rabbits. Uh, Seagull Storm, uh, always uh, an interesting battle between these two. Not a lot of love lost between the two sides. Yeah, we've got to remember in the first round they played this year. Um, oh, yeah, the Stoush. Yeah, Dylan Walker and Curtis Scott. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Um, tough one to pick because Daly Cherry Evans, on the back of the form that he's going to bring out of origin, um, and the Trebojevic brothers as well, they could be on a high, all three of them. So um, I'm going I'm to pick the Storm, though, just because Cameron Smith is going into each game refreshed. All right. Raiders-Cowboys to round out Saturday's action. Yeah, tough one to pick. Um, I'm going to take the Cowboys because the Raiders are, oh. have got Josh Papali backing up. And backing up in the front row as compared to backing up as yep. a fullback or a winger or a centre, it's a little, bit, a little bit harder to back up. So Papali, uh, he'll be fatigued. Joseph Tarpanay is out. Uh, Jordan Rapana is back, but coming back from a hamstring injury, it's yeah, it's either touch or go. So I'm going to take the Cowboys. All right, triple header Sunday to wrap up round 18. Broncos, Warriors. Uh, this is a big game for both teams because yeah. the loser comes back to the pack a little. Yeah, they do. I, I think the Warriors will be a little bit battle-scarred after their poor performance last week. 
Um, I'm going to take the Broncos. I was really impressed with the way they played against the Titans, and it's the way the Broncos, it's the way they work each year. As yeah. they get in the back half of the season, they start warming to the task. And so the Broncos on the back of last week's defensive effort, I think they might have too much for the Warriors. Uh, Dragons, Tigers, Scotty? Yeah, Dragons. Yeah, oh. Dragons will win that, and I think they might win it comfortably. And the final game of the weekend, the Titans on the Gold Coast meet the Roosters. Yeah, if the Titans couldn't score a point against the Broncos, <laughs> and they're coming up against one of the best defensive yeah. sides in the Roosters, yeah, I th- think it might be a big ask. afternoon. Like The Titans are trying hard. They mm. just they just like that polish. They lack their, like their class. I like where they're going, the Titans, in the next two or three years. But just this year, yeah. it's about getting as many wins as, as humanly possible. But it won't be one this week. Thanks to Big Four. You can book now at bigfour.com.au. We've been powered by Kubota as well. Thanks to First Choice Liquor. They've got all your liquor needs taken care of. We will catch you the same time next week as I will with you, Scotty Sattler. Have a great weekend. See you, Benjamin. This has been Off the Bench. We'll catch you next week.